What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of PlusCast. Here on the Geekiverse, it's Disney Plus all the time on PlusCast. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, as always, the boogeyman, John Fick. Howdy. Hey, John. What's up? And <laughs> our, our newest cast member, if you will. Uh, we've got Rashawn Anderson. Rashawn is also uh, on Geek Scott Game. So he's diving headfirst into everything here at the Geekiverse. Yeah, Rashawn, how are you? I'm great. I'm I'm great. I'm I'm glad to be back. I told the viewers I'd be back. I told you guys <laughs> I'd be back. We're talking Disney. I mean, let's let's get into it. The man made one appearance and now he's got a spot on every show. <laughs> <laughs> he kept his promise, everybody. He's we back. Like it. <laughs> it, yes. It was a match made in heaven. We knew he was gonna be a good fit and uh, he was willing and you know, Rashawn, thanks so much for joining us here on Pluscast. Yes, thank you for having me. So real quick housekeeping, uh, typically we have Amanda Woomer on the show. Um, Amanda has uh, moved on to other ventures. We wish her the, the best of luck in everything that she's doing. And of course, we'll, we'll keep in touch. But uh, that was also uh, uh, with a seat open, Rashawn coming in. It, it was perfect. So good luck to everything that you're doing in the future here, Amanda. On uh, this episode of PlusCast, we've got some news to get to. We've got some fun dis or dat scenarios that we kind of introduced uh, last episode. But first, uh, we'll talk about what we're watching on Disney Plus. So what is on our watch list? John, what, uh, what's been taking up your time with Disney Plus lately? Uh, so when I'm flipping on Disney Plus, I'm trying to sneak in a couple of episodes of Clone Wars because as most people know, I'm so far behind. Uh, I struggled for a long time figuring out how I should watch the series. Should I cherry pick? Should I go in order? Should I watch chronologically? What should I do? So I had that debacle for a while. I, th- I finally just decided to just watch them in, re- in release order. I'm just going you know episode by episode throughout the seasons. Um, I just hit season four. I'm, I'm going super, super slow. For some reason, it's it's tough for me to binge that show. Like I'll throw one on and I want to finish the arc that I'm in. But then once I finish that arc, I'm kind of burned out. I don't know what it is about that show. I enjoy it. It's really well done. Um, but yeah, I just it's not something I want to watch for a couple hours. It's more of like a two or three and done situation. So as I can, catching up on that and, um, you know, in our current quarantine situation, always tossing on some MCU movies. Um, I watched uh, what I watched last night. Like and The MCU is like my go to. Like, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm a little sleepy. TV's on. I want to be able to hear it and know what's going on. Like I just throw in an MCU movie. Last night was just Iron Man 1. Toss on Iron Man 1. That was fun. Um, and for Disney Plus, that's just about it. Just getting caught up on Clone Wars and watching that MCU. I, uh, I agree with you regarding Clone Wars. I feel like when I was initially watching it, and it was only a few years ago for me, so for such a huge Star Wars fan, you know, you're in the same boat, John. You're you're late to the party. I was late to the party. It was not something that I wanted to uh, like heavily binge. Maybe just in in spurts. And um, I, I don't know what it is with that show, but maybe it's because they had those three or four episode mini arcs all the time, and it just made sense to do it that way. But um, yeah, either way, uh, Rashad, why don't we chat about what you've been watching on Disney Plus? I'm sure it'll intertwine with uh, a little bit of what I've got going on as well. So Disney Plus is so funny. So anyone who knows me that'll end up watching this knows like this is my playground <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of the media. This app is 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 insane um, to the point where I made a joke when it first came out that <laughs> you can add stuff to your literal watch list. And I joke that the entire app is my watch list. Like I, I can't just put what five things in the watch list. I want to watch everything. Um 
In terms of recently, though, um, if I'm being honest, I haven't been diving into too much recently. Um, obviously, the big thing is Clone Wars. Uh, we've all watched uh, Mandalorian, of course. Um, oh, Rashawn, you and I are missing one thing, actually. Didn't we both recently watch Onward? I just remember that. Yep. Onward. Yep. I forgot about that. I watched Onward. I liked it. I, I, th- yep. I thought it was, I thought it was, I'm going to go back real quick. I'm stealing the spotlight again. I forgot that was probably oh, the biggest. Yeah, probably the biggest thing that I, I watched. Because I was going to talk about it. So Where are you? Go oh, yep. Man, you're burying the lead there. I thought you would have started with that if you remembered it. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Disney brought uh, Onward to Disney Plus a lot sooner than they have with any of their other releases. Obviously, with this, this quarantine situation and, you know, people not getting to theaters. Also, the desire for content. It makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, Onward was pretty fun. I didn't. I know, Josiah, Josiah, I saw your review, read through that. I wasn't with you fully on it, it blowing me away like it did you. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought that I thought that the ending was a little, uh, it ended a little flat for me. Um, but Tom Holland, Chris, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, what's his last name? Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt, <laughs> yep. All the Chris's in the MCU, man. They're all over the place. Yeah. Um, they did a great job. I, 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 I was worried that I would just hear Spider-Man and Star-Lord, but they, they killed it. They were, they were really cool in those roles. Um, the animation was absolutely like it was. I think it was one of the best looking animated movies I've ever seen. Color wise, watching it in 4K at home, like it's absolutely beautiful. Really cool movie. Back to you, Rashawn. Yeah. So when it comes <laughs> when it comes when it comes to Onward, uh, watch the day one when it came out. That was one, so that's interesting. So I actually speaking of all this Disney stuff, uh, right before all of the quarantine, I was actually in Disney for the first time uh, for my birthday. So. I was there, I think, literally the second to last day before they closed because I was on the flight back. And then they're like, oh, we're closing, closing everything. So Onward was released in theaters while I was on this trip. So something told me even when I got back before everything completely shut down, like movie theaters and whatnot, something told me don't go see it. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know why. Um, But okay, like I, I wasn't in a rush to see it. The trailers didn't really hook me. Uh, they weren't terrible trailers, but I mean, the job of a movie trailer is to get you to elevate your anticipation for that movie with each trailer. It didn't necessarily do that. It's Disney, so of course I'm going to watch it, Pixar, but it, it wasn't something that like, oh, this is a day one watch. Um, so then it comes out that they're putting it on Disney Plus. I'm like, oh, this is the voice in my head that's been telling me not to watch the movie. <laughs> and theaters, at least, to pay to watch it. Uh, but yeah, so Onward was really good. I, I was actually, I was impressed only from the standpoint of I wasn't going into it thinking I'm watching the next uh, Toy Story or whatnot. Um, my my mindset was kind of, you know, kind of low in terms of the bar that I was setting. So I guess set my expectations low and I was I was impressed by it. When it comes to... When it comes to, I guess, where where it is in the, you know, the Pixar ranks, it, it definitely is not. I don't think it's going to be like your top five, top three Pixar movies. You know, it's not it's not the next Toy Story or anything, but it is a solid, solid, solid entry uh, by Pixar. I'm really impressed by it. Not, not many movies can get me emotionally. That one, that one almost did. It almost got me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, without getting into spoilers for viewers who haven't seen it, it, it almost got me uh, with some of the beats that they decided to go. So I was extremely impressed. Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. I mean, th- okay, that that that's you know, even though the trailers didn't impress me, you throw those two names at me in a in a Disney movie, like I'm there. 
Yeah, see, I think we were on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of expectations and kind of our result from that. Uh, my expectations were pretty high. For me, I, I'm not I'm not a huge like Disney fan, like classical Disney or even just like even Pixar stuff. It really has to be specific and like be right up my alley for me to be excited for it. And for whatever reason, Onward had me on board through the trailers. So like having those two actors, the animation style looked awesome. I'm a sucker for the color blue and everything seemed like it was just like an awesome tint of blue. Like that just world looks so cool. Mm -hmm. So the world really got me. The animation style really got me and the cast got me. So my expectations were a little higher and I did come, come away a little less, you know, impressed than you. I think it's the just exact opposite of your situation. Mm. What's funny is I felt like I might have been in the in between you guys in terms of expectations. Um, for whatever reason, it felt like it was relatively quiet leading up to the release. Uh, maybe that's just my perception of things. But, um, you know, you had me at Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. You could have said nothing else and said these guys are voice doing voiceover in a movie and they're going to be brothers. I would have been there um, just because I love the MCU and everything that really those guys do nowadays it feels like so i i was um maybe cautiously excited for it we'll get into some more pixar stuff a little bit towards the end of the show if that gives away one of our, our dis or dat uh commentaries oh boy. but uh check out my review because i think it sums up a lot of how i was feeling with go without going into spoilers which of course right at the geekiverse.com um i ranked it pretty high scored it pretty high uh, Rashawn, I'm probably with you. I don't think it's it's going to be viewed as Toy Story, right? Like it's not going to be one of those higher upper echelon movies for Pixar that is just really legendary. There's a lot of factors there too. Like the box office run was cut short, kind of unprecedented that it, it, it goes to home video so quickly, let alone a service like Disney Plus, which is now becoming a little bit of the norm because of the situation we're in. But it just struck me on an emotional level that was... I, I would say few movies have from an animation standpoint. Mm. It was just, it was so beautiful to me and I, I don't know what it was. I I think Tom Holland's performance in particular really was, man, he just, he found a way to, to grab the audience, at least from my perspective and just, he never let go. Like he, he's that kind of, that almost like wimpy kid, a little bit dorky. He's having, you know, troubles at, at school, talking to other kids, things like that. And I don't know. It just, it, it really spoke to me. I, I really loved where they ended up going with it. There's a few movies I would rank higher than it when it comes to Pixar, but I probably also have it higher than most. The thing for me that impressed me as well, um, being able to see these actors in different situations like this, I, you don't get to see them behind the animated curtain you know, too much. We know them for Star-Lord. We know them for Spider-Man. Uh, hopefully we'll get to know Tom Holland as Nathan Drake one day. Um, so th there's a lot of other roles and a lot of other opportunities that we get to see these guys in, um, in different scenarios. So seeing them being able to strictly just rely on their voice, not even mannerisms, not even action scenes or anything like that, being able to see these guys uh, take that to the big screen, but in the animated realm, that's always something I like to see. Um, and it really shows talent wise. Um, I think, I mean, we all know Chris Pratt is talented, but that tells us more about what we already thought we knew about Tom Holland. Yeah, that kid is, he's going places. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, as a Seinfeld fan, it was great to see Julia Louis-Dreyfus in there as, as the mom. So yes. Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> um, the other thing that before we move on from Onward, unless you guys have anything else to say, is I love that Chris Pratt's character has uh, the cassette tape 
in the movie because that's that's Star Lord, right? That's awesome mix. Like that's a little nod to that to me. Little little stuff like that. It's pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate stuff. stuff like that. Uh, Rashawn, anything else uh, that you're currently watching before John um, hijacked you with Onward? No, no, that was <laughs> besides on besides Onward. Um, I think I think we're gonna end up talking about either now or later in the show. But Clone Wars, uh, getting caught up on that. Um, I know not everyone is a hundred hasn't been on the Clone Wars bandwagon. I've been on Clone Wars since the beginning. So seeing Clone Wars get a final, like final, like end season, like let's do this thing. That that is something that's been that's been intriguing. Every episode has been definitely something to watch for sure. So real quick, uh, Onward and, and Clone Wars were the t- two things I wanted to talk about anyway. So this is perfect with you guys. Um, but Clone Wars, I, I'd love to dive in just briefly into this current final season here. We're not going to go into spoiler territory, really. Uh, so if you're listening or watching, don't worry about it. But I got to say, so right now as of recording, we're nine episodes in. And for better or worse, you know, I can always find the positive in anything Star Wars. Like, hey. I'm a fanboy. I admit it. I, I can typically. John knows that, you know, I love the prequels. The Internet knows you can watch those videos. There's evidence out there. He, he can find the positives in anything. <laughs> these, are th- these are these are things I didn't know. Anything. So, oh, yeah, like huge, huge Star Wars guy to a fault. With that being said, these the first eight episodes of this season, I felt like were like you could have just never aired them and I would have been totally fine. Uh, there are some nice little stories. So we got two four episode arcs and I didn't feel like either of those were terribly relevant, especially to where we're going. It felt very much to me like filler episodes. And I hate to say that that's uh, tough. again it's, for a final season. It's tough to, I mean, I've, I've heard other people share that, that sentiment as well. It's tough to have that in the final season. How many episodes are they going to be? 12, 12 to be. Uh, so there's three yeah. total arcs. This <laughs> yeah. last one is, going to be and so far i think with this one episode completely epic yeah. like episode nine the, the the most previous episode the first one in this final story it might be my favorite clone wars episode ever so to see that contrast between how much i like this episode and how much the the first eight kind of were a little bit boring to me i think that says a lot and i know dave filoni who's the he's the guy behind clone wars here he, he was a little bit open about struggling to do this without George Lucas. Because when they were doing this last, he was doing it with George Lucas. So to be thrust into this after Disney canceled it back in what, uh, 2013, 2014 timeframe, um, that's tough. Yeah. That's really tough to pick up those pieces and go back to where you were. I don't know. Right I'd up. love to hear uh, the you know the viewers' uh, reactions to this. You know, visit us on, on Facebook.com slash the Geekiverse. Give us your thoughts on Clone Wars right now. Because I think um I think more people than not will probably feel probably feel how I have. But Rashawn, yep. so what what is your opinion on the first eight episodes so far? Like enjoying them kind of mellow. Give me your take. The first four was very eh. Um that that storyline didn't didn't really grab me too much. It was with the 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 middle arc here, the the last four before episode nine, um, the ones that center on Ahsoka. Those ones got me a little more, I think, only because uh, I'm such a big Ahsoka fan. So anything Ahsoka, I'll I'll, I'll watch. So I'll I'll throw that out there. Oh, you got something? What do we got? Is right here. A, is that a hero clicks? What is that thing? <laughs> there you go. Disney Infinity. <laughs> got it. Yep. There you go. All right, Ahsoka's 
Ahsoka is my girl. One of my favorite uh, Star Wars characters. Her arc is just when you factor everything in her 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 arc is incredible. Um, but specifically with the first four, those were tough. The only thing I guess that kept me going with the first four episodes, as cliche as this may be, uh, the new the animation just seeing. Just seeing the improvements that have been made, obviously it's been it's been you know five six years, but just seeing that and just seeing all these characters in a new light in that regard was was interesting. But besides that, story wise, that that first part didn't catch me. I will admit, even though I am a bigger fan, I guess of the Ahsoka content, it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't anything earth shattering. Uh, you know, it's not like we learned anything that was super crazy. Um, but to your point. This what we're getting. It seems like for the this last stretch here, um, hopefully the ending of the Clone Wars. It's it's going to be insane. I think. I think they say they put all their eggs in <laughs> in these last four episodes. Is what I'm thinking. Listen, it's I got to say, Rashawn, this last episode. And so my wife Lauren sitting next to me played Animal Crossing on the Switch. I've got Clone Wars on the TV. There were so many times that like I cheered out loud or was like, oh my gosh, or oh, I can't believe they're talking about this, or that's happening. Like it is worth going through those those first eight episodes, which I considered relatively boring to get to this point because you're right. They really saved all their eggs for this final basket, if you will. I don't know. I'm it's truly amazing. I'm thinking about just hopping in right at nine, just skipping the first eight and going right for nine. You could. Yeah. You absolutely could. Honestly. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. There's nothing you need from those first ones. They might as well be like director's commentaries. They're, they're... I would I would disagree slightly with the Ahsoka stuff. There's little things. Mm, yeah, in, you're right. In there that that lead up to uh, to where she is in this most recent episode in terms of her thought process and her belief. I think that's what gives those episodes cadence. I I can almost take nothing away from the first four. <laughs> I see. I see exactly what you're saying with the Ahsoka stuff. Yeah, yeah, I take it back. There's not nothing. There's definitely stuff that gives you her mindset, and especially if you like Ahsoka, like, hey, this is your time, right? Like, go enjoy her her four episode arc there that she had. Yeah. So, so, yeah, this is, this is gonna be it's gonna be great stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait to see how it how it wraps up. Because again, before it just had an abrupt. An abrupt end, and that was it. We're yeah. gonna get a, a definitive, proper finale. No, exactly. Yeah, what is today? Today's Tuesday. I'm excited to get caught back up, probably by like 2023, somewhere or somewhere around there. <laughs> At my current, like my current pace. <laughs> when they they bring back the Clone Wars for season eight, somehow <laughs> I'll somehow be behind uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so the the series ends on May the fourth. The final episode is on Star Wars Day. A little bit bittersweet. Um, it's no spoiler to say that this arc is happening as episode three is about to begin. So Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and you. I'm really excited. Too. You. See yeah, that. that's an episode. Oh, I, I can't go too far, but yes, that's you start seeing that, and that's that's what's really starting to get me too. It's like they're weaving it in perfectly. Oh, you guys got I me excited. Even, I'm about to just go watch nah, episode nine after this. I don't even care about the rest I, of the seasons. <laughs> seriously. You really should. And I gotta say it's in 4k now too. Just saying it might, it might get me to watch it. <laughs> if, in episode yeah, there you nine go. feels, I don't know if it was just me. It seems like, uh, it seems like you agree, but it feels, it feels different 
from the second the episode starts up, whether you watch the first eight of these episodes or if you watch the previous seasons, regardless, because the for these the new season feels a little bit and looks obviously different from the previous seasons, just due to obviously time. When it comes to you go from episode eight to episode nine, the entire vibe is different. It's and a new level. And I can't explain necessarily the vibe that I got. It's just from the opening segment, you know you're in, beside, without even knowing the episode count that you're on, you just know that, oh, something's about to go down. I don't know what's about to go down, but something is about to go down here. Dude, I've got goosebumps even just talking about this. So, yeah. John, I may go watch it again after we're done here. Um, it So it does start differently from every other Clone Wars episode. And it's just, it's such a beautiful throwback. This is not spoilery, but the Lucasfilm Limited, so the Lucasfilm LTD logo flashes. That's mm-hmm. such a, a throwback. Huh. And then the uh, the the Star Wars and Clone Wars logo in the style of the crawl that we see on the big screen movies in the Skywalker saga is red. Super awesome, which tells you, hey, this is tying into Revenge of the Sith because huh. you know originally marketing for that was all red and all that. So there's it some real nice. like under the microscope stuff here that's not so subtle at the same time. All right, I'm in. Um, yeah, it's it's <laughs> awesome. Got so we got him. I'm skipping seasons four, five, six, and four, five, and six. <laughs> Just gonna watch YouTube recaps. Who cares? I mean, honestly, I, honestly, when it when it comes to Clone Wars. Even though, again, I'm the type of guy with any media. This is gaming. This is I'm the guy that'll tell you, man, watch it in order. Yeah, know? get it all I, in. I'm, yeah. I, I'm that guy. But with Clone Wars, there's yeah. so much filler. There's so there's much so, filler. Yeah, and some of those so are fun. Much. Yeah, and I've been going through and I've been noticing that some of the filler episodes are like the most fun I'm having with the series. But that's one out of every like six of those filler episodes that I end up enjoying. So for sure. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to do that, but there's there, there's like one big story beat that I don't know how it happened where I'd be lost. Obviously, it's not a spoiler because everyone knows what's going on in this current season. I don't know how Ahsoka gets uh, estranged from the Jedi. I don't know what I don't know why she decides to leave the Jedi. Uh, so I, I I might just go find what episode arc that is, watch that, and then just hop into the new season. That's so actually might, a good idea, actually. John, I might recommend it. Maybe this is an article I need to write. Um there's a few arcs that like you shouldn't miss. I I would say. There, I mean, um, I've seen a couple of the the ones that are on most people's lists in in seasons three, two and three so far. I know there's like a couple of huge huge ones, but I'm sure there's a few more in four, five, and six that I'm missing. For me, it comes down to the end of season five. Basically, maybe the last four episodes, if I remember correctly, that's where like the beginning of the end of Ahsoka's. That's where the split pretty much happens. There's some impactful stuff there that might change your outlook on Anakin a little bit too. Like I just Amanda would always say that. She's like it the Clone Wars can change a little bit of your mindset on episodes 2 and 3. Oh, it already has uh, in the first 3 seasons I've watched. I mean just just getting more of that Anakin like as actually a Jedi for a little while. That I mean that's that's mm-hmm. that's huge context. So the the Ahsoka thing really lends to part of Anakin's problem as well. And of course, we never see that in in the big screen, but it's important to the character. Uh, The other thing I might say is the Darth Maul and Mandalore stuff. Um, So right around the time Darth Maul comes back, 
like there's probably four or five episodes there and like palpatine gets involved it gets really epic really fast that's like right where i am like that's uh like darth maul basically they just made the phone call the the little the you know the, the transmission that who's the other guy from dothmere that they had uh be uh count duco count dooku's padawan and then but he was actually a night sister in disguise something like that whoever that dude is they just found out that that's Darth Maul's brother, apparently. Unless that's going to be another twist. Yeah, I know not. you're talking about. I forgot, I forgot his name. Though. What is his name? It's super <clears throat> yeah. weird. I don't know why that's not hitting me right now. Oh, Savage. Yeah, Savage. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Savage. Yeah. So like, I just ended there, and like, Savage knows that Darth Maul's uh, still out there, and that's where I'm at. So I'm sure if I go a couple more episodes, I'll get in some good Maul, some good Darth Maul stuff. That some of that Darth- stuff is so intense. Yeah. That Darth Maul stuff, dude. Like. <laughs> that, the, hang on wait a minute that some of that Darth Maul stuff dude the story that he just referenced that is arguably the best arc in clone wars um mm-hmm. just just the if, if you're just talking sheer impact sheer oh my god star wars shock value stuff um and even if I bring in, even though we're not we're not necessarily talking about this, but even if I bring in um, another Star Wars show like Rebels, that that this, that Darth Maul arc you just mentioned, that's one of the best things that Filoni and the crew have ever have ever done. Like All right. the best they've ever done. It's, so it's, I won't it's, skip it's, that. Yeah, do not. <laughs> it's so important. you know it's funny because like you kind of imagine maybe a lot of the Clone Wars stuff geared towards kids that that arc right there is like. Uh, those are episodes maybe certain parts you want to skip from the kids like it's it's dark and it's really intense so cool. I'm, I'm with you Rashawn Filoni and crew kudos to them on that hopefully that's that's where we're at as we get into these final three episodes and I think we are I think that's where we're going like I think when all is said and done we'll be talking about uh, all three of these arcs in kind of the same light uh, but when this is all over, we definitely need to spoiler cast this because I feel like there's a lot that we'll want to get out in the open that we'll want to talk about. So maybe uh, maybe after May 4th, we'll talk about this again. We'll get to the news here. That, that was a really, really good discussion, guys. I always what did I say pre-show, Rashad? I always get off on these tangents on Star Wars. It's bad. It's tough not to. It's so <laughs> tough. <laughs> yeah. So uh, five five items on the list this week for news. Uh, first of all, we've got Disney Plus hitting a 50 million subscriber count. That's a lot of subscribers. Uh, so this happens uh, just a few weeks back. Um, just kind of looking through. Uh, obviously, it launched in November. 50 million subscribers. Guys, uh, maybe if we want to start with John, did we see it getting to a number this fast? Um, where do we see it going in the next few months? Like Disney Plus, man, this is the place to be. Yeah, I think I would have definitely. Yeah. So what what is Netflix at? Are they, are they still holding strong around in the sixties? Last last I heard. Uh, I'm not sure. I could be off on that, but that rings a bell that they were they've been around the the sixty million mark for a little while. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I mean, yeah, I would have. I expect it for sure, especially the way they came out of the gate with all their partnerships with that Verizon Wireless partnership, saying like, hey, if you have a cell phone and you have unlimited data, which all of our customers basically do, you get a free year. So I knew there was going to be just tons of inflated numbers from that. Plus the fact that it's so cheap. Plus the fact that the back catalog, even if the original content's not there, which it really hasn't been for the most part in terms of just quantity. Quality, I think we would all say has been there, but 
quantity really hasn't. Um, even even without that, I would have expected these numbers, and I, I think it's only going to grow. Um, when was that reported? Was that before? Was that before the quarantine started happening? Uh, no, this would have been uh, April eighth. Okay, so right a few weeks after. For sure. So I, I could still see it pick up, picking up a couple, couple mil because of this situation. We know that we're, you know, going to be in place for a few weeks, if not months longer. So people need stuff to watch, man. Perfect for families. Uh, exactly. Honestly, for a, a number of individuals. Um, so in the what what we heard in the the report here, first of all, uh, if you didn't know, Disney Plus is now in uh, the UK, Ireland, France, Germany, Italy, Spain. Austria and Switzerland. Um, and in a recent interview with Barron's, Disney's Bob Iger revealed that subscribers should expect to see more of the company's theatrical content releasing earlier on streaming as a result of the current global crisis. Of course, uh, so far we've seen Disney release Frozen 2. Uh, that was really nice. Onward, as we talked about. And then uh, Artemis Fowl is going to go straight to the service um, in just a few months' time. So this, uh, you know, we're seeing how things have changed a little bit under the quarantine. I got to imagine this changes things permanently moving forward. Maybe not super drastically, but now the option's there. Hey, if Disney wants to to launch a movie, they can do it right on their streaming service and get it out to 50 million people just like that. Um, moving on to, to item number two here, Artemis Fall. Uh, so we just mentioned it there. It's going to be going straight to Disney Plus, it was going to be going to theaters, of course. That was scheduled originally uh, for this summer, but it's going to be going to the service on Friday, June 12th. Are um, either of you guys, uh, based on the trailers for this, uh, excited at all? I, I don't really have too much of a uh, inkling to, to see it, but now that it's going to be coming to Disney Plus, I'm, I'm interested. John, why don't, why don't yeah. you answer first? No, yeah, no, no real inkling to watch this one. Uh, I, I didn't read the books, and I have never been a fan of the franchise at all. Don't know much about it. Um, the most interesting thing out of this is that it's coming straight to Disney Plus, and they're not even doing like, like that trolls, you know, that trolls movie. They're trying to get people to to do a twenty dollar rental. So I mean, obviously, coming ho- to home video right away makes sense, but coming right to Disney Plus and skipping that first of all that that market where you want to have people rent it for a higher price, maybe closer to a ticket price, or maybe even just allow it to be purchased first, like we saw with Frozen Two and onward. Um, very interesting to see them go straight to Disney Plus. So basically giving it to all these subscribers for free. That's the most interesting news for me. Don't really care about Artemis Fowl. Uh, Rashawn, give us a, your take on this. Yeah, I'm I'm right with John. Uh, not something I'm necessarily interested in, but the the bigger picture is is definitely the message here to where they're willing to put something like this and just put it on the streaming service. Hey, you know, give it a watch if you want. If not due to the <laughs> due to the world situation there's not much we can really we can really do it in that regard and and it, in a movie like this maybe they are, maybe they can they can cut their losses with, with with something like this yeah i mean it's not like we're getting black widow right like this is right yeah so so here's here's the thing with all of that too to where i see a lot of people talking about that i would never expect Disney, Marvel, whatever branch of Disney, any any of these, any any of these, any of their big budgets. Um, Onward was the only exception because let's not forget that that had a stint in theaters, and there was no way it was going to recover from that. Uh, the Black Widow situation, there was no way that I ever believed um, that Disney would ever put that on Disney Plus before theater. You're you would lose out on 
on money that I, I can't even fathom how much money you would lose. Yeah, from, too much. From, from yeah, something like that, that movie wouldn't know? make its money back if it didn't have a theatrical run. I mean, you're not making no that way. money. You're not making that money up in Disney Plus subscribers. And even if you throw it out for a home video purchase or one of those rentals, like uh, like a couple other movies did, you're not going to make anywhere close to the money you would have at the box office. No, because you spend you would spend twenty bucks to rent it or whatever it would be. Five people would watch it versus charging five of those people for you know individual movie tickets. So. Artemis Fowl, I think, based on what I can tell, again, not knowing much about the property, but just getting the vibe from the trailer and the kind of vibe of movie, it kind of vibe that I'm getting from the movie, doesn't necessarily seem like something I think they would worry about losing hundreds of millions of dollars on. You know, not even close. I feel like this might also, you know, I mean, I mean it would do better financially, obviously, in theaters. But maybe this is a blessing in disguise for a movie like this, where at least I don't feel like there's a ton of hype around it and there wasn't any way. And what if, you know, it goes straight to Disney plus a large percentage of the subscriber base that we just said is 50 million. Watch this movie now. And what if they like it and that spawns new fans that wouldn't have seen it previously. And now they can go do a sequel and maybe make more money on it when all this goes back to normal in a few years. I don't know. Maybe that's a silver lining to this and that's just kind of out of left field, but that's a thought. Yeah, I think I agree. I don't think there's any way they'll make the same kind of money, but I think that there's a chance that they get more eyes on the movie. I think that's entirely possible. I think they absolutely will. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just speculation on my part, but again, just look at the, the numbers there. Why not? Because... I probably wasn't going to see this in theaters unless I was going to review it for us. Yeah. Uh, but now it's going to be an option there in my living room for free for me because I've already paid for Disney plus for three years. So why not? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, news item number three, this one I am actually really excited about. Uh, the Mandalorian is getting uh, kind of a, a documentary series. So it's coming to Disney Plus, of course, on May 4th, Star Wars Day. It's going to be called Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian. It's going to be an eight-episode series. They're going to start streaming it weekly, as they do with everything. And they're going to go behind the scenes with showrunner John Favreau and his team at Lucasfilm. I got to say, um, I'm probably in the minority in this day and age, but when it comes to a movie like Star Wars, I love seeing all the extras on it. I love watching the the background stuff, whether it's the stunts or John Williams and his orchestra and how they're doing what they do. Or maybe it's J.J. Abrams talking about a specific scene. I love that stuff when it comes to Star Wars. I can't get enough of it. So when it comes to this with The Mandalorian, which is a series that I think was done, uh, it was executed very well, this uh, this has me pretty excited. So it's a nice holdover as well, uh, you know, as we go into the summer months, into what was supposed to be a nice release schedule going into the fall for Disney Plus with Marvel and The Mandalorian Season 2 and so on and so forth. Uh, John, what any interest at all in this? Yeah, no doubt. Seriously. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. This is like, like you said, out of left field. This is just Disney giving us a little treat. Didn't expect this. Nice little, uh, nice little quarantine surprise for us. Um, like you said, Star Wars stuff. For some reason, I'm not a big behind the scenes guy. Not a big like extra features that kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, Star Wars that stuff does grab me too. And I don't know if it was episode seven bringing back this huge franchise and just kind of watching some of the stuff that jj dealt with and like watching all that stuff before the movie even came out that got me hooked on it but now i watch all that stuff i consume all of that behind the scenes content um the documentary ryan johnson did making um the the last uh, last jedi was like one of my favorite documentaries ever 
That was so it's good. It's so good. It's incredible. It's, it's, it's if you haven't watched it, absolutely watch that. It's on Disney Plus. You can you can pop that in. Very very fun. Super excited for this. Um, I mean, it's I'm like, I'm I'm almost ex- as excited for this as I am as like a, a new season of a television show that I'm excited for, like that I'm into. This this almost feels like more Mandalorian content for me. I mean, it is, but like, yeah, it, it's hitting me bigger than I thought it would. I'm I'm super excited. Rashawn, what are your thoughts on this? Um, so my thoughts are, I think. I'm just about, <laughs> just about ready, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you're listening to the podcast version of this, I'm sorry. Rashawn's got an awesome shirt on right now. Dude, hold that up one more time. Yeah. So courtesy that looks so of, cool. Courtesy of my Disney trip that I went on. I saw this and I'm like, come on, man, no shirt. <laughs> this That's was in, awesome. Um, I can't even remember the shop that it was in. Um, yeah, I can't even remember. Did you not I bring your lightsaber? You come on to a Disney Plus podcast. We're talking Star Wars. You don't bring your lightsaber? Come on, man. It's right there. Inexcusable. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) But when I mean, when it comes to this doc, I mean, like, like, like John said, man, this is more, this is more Mandalorian content, more behind the scenes. And the best part about it is that it's going to keep us busy until we get this new season of Mandalorian. So I'm all in for it. Even though I bleed Star Wars, like, you know, Star Wars is one of the few things that I say is literally in my bloodstream. The one thing, the one piece of content I don't consume probably as much as I should is the behind the scenes stuff. In fairness, I don't do that for much things. I don't know why. There's really no rhyme or reason for it. But our current climate on Disney Plus, Mandalorian, Star Wars, I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do for all the Star Wars uh, home video releases. Like it's, you know, I watch the movie first, of course, and then I dive into all the extra features and I kind of miss like, so when they used to do the DVDs, probably more like during the prequel time, they would load up on extra features. Like there were like, it wouldn't be crazy to say easily 10 hours worth minimum of behind the scenes footage when George Lucas was at the helm doing what he did. And that's kind of gone by the wayside because probably not a lot of people on average watch them. So they say, what, you know, why are we putting all this effort into it? But John brought up a great point. Like that Ryan Johnson documentary is just gorgeous. Like if you enjoyed The Last Jedi, you will love that behind the scenes. If you, if you didn't enjoy The Last Jedi, you will like watch this film, like absolutely watch this documentary. If you're one of the many people who don't like The Last Jedi, this will be a very interesting watch for you. You He, he addresses a lot of the criticisms that he knows people will have with this film before it's even out. Like while he's making the film, he mm-hmm. says stuff that speaks right to a lot of that hate. You know, hate's a strong word, but a lot of that criticism. So it's just super interesting to see his filter on it and to see him kind of just take that stance. It's like, they gave me the keys. I'm doing something different. It's very, very good. He's such an artist. He and I, for like John said, a lot of people obviously did not like that movie. But man, I feel like I understand even before that documentary where he was going with this movie. And I think he had such a deep understanding of star Wars characters and the universe and the story that was going on. That was kind of unprecedented, especially for a director, producer or a writer walking in to a movie like that in such a big saga. Um, in terms of looking at extras on movies, like I, I always love uh, looking at the Marvel stuff. Uh, those actors always seem to have a really fun time behind the scenes. I love seeing them joke around and, and their passion towards things. And um, the last thing to note on this, I've really become a big John Favreau fan in recent years. I think, uh, you know, like the chef show, I enjoy watching the chef show just to see him interact with his, his friends in Hollywood. I, he seems like kind of a down to earth guy from that. And 
I don't need, I never, I don't even really care about cooking shows in general, but this one for some reason is one that I always gravitate towards. So to see John Favreau talk about the Mandalorian, we know he's a big star Wars guy and see that passion as he's gone through the series. Sign me up. I, I think that's, that's super exciting to me. Yeah. Um, quick tangent or just a point. Have you, did you guys see the alternate ending, not alternate ending, the alternate take where, uh, and this is an Avengers Endgame spoiler. So you, you've had your time, but the, the alternate take for how uh, black widow dies in Endgame. That's been it's it's been sitting there in Disney Plus for months, and for some reason, not many people knew about it or talked about it until it went viral on Twitter like two days ago or three days ago that or something is like behind that. Behind the scenes stuff and extras content that I did watch. Yeah, so I, I definitely didn't watch that when it first came out. I just watched it the other day, so that was super interesting. Did you guys both see that? Yep. Yeah. So where is that? Like on Disney Plus? Uh, I think it's, it's just an extra for it, Avengers. It's a it's an extra scene. That's a I think it's called a deleted scene or something like that. It, it's like legitimately called like Black Widow alternate take or something like that. It's it's in the extras of of Endgame. If you go click Endgame, I saw it on Instagram. Like yeah. I was scrolling through yeah. and I was like, "What is this?" It's I I was unaware of it before. Did you guys it's, both, both watch it though? What you guys think about it? I Rashad, th- you go first. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I still like the original. I still like the original ending. Um, but when, when, see, when it comes to stuff like this, it's tough to always put it in perspective because then you remember what actually happened during the movie. But I think this was definitely. I, I see why it was shot. Some, some of these alternate uh, endings and whatnot. You sometimes you question why it was shot. You know, and I guess and and I guess that proves to you why I didn't make it in the movie. This yeah. is one of those things where if it was in the movie, I don't think it would have it wouldn't have taken away anything. Maybe it would have added something, but I, I'm still satisfied the way she went out already in the movie. But I mean, are, are we freely allowed to talk oh, about yeah. this? Oh yeah. Out there in the open. You know, seeing uh just her going out like that with a full scale, like just an attack. I mean, that's, <laughs> and, and seeing her having to react to the situation under those circumstances, um, drastically, drastically changed things. Obviously the end result is the same. And at that point, it's even the same shot you prefer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think I'd still prefer just the, the struggle, uh, you know, externally and even internally that black widow and, uh, and um, Black Hawkeye. Hawkeye had in the, or Hawkeye, yes, yes. Uh, Hawkeye and Black Widow had in the actual movie itself. But again, Endgame and extra, again, a, an extra battle scene, basically. You can't. Yeah. And that. that's <laughs> one thing worth noting is that this doesn't fit in the movie, obviously. that Like, this wouldn't make sense. Uh, in, in this deleted scene, Thanos and uh, what was um, was Nebula there? Too? Thanos and his goons were there on Vormir, like, chasing down black widow and hawkeye so obviously this wasn't just a deleted scene this was like an alternate like a different story path they went a different way here um so i i think i just think that the way that this was filmed and like the, her final moments were a lot just a lot crisper and a lot cooler i didn't like the whole hanging off the ledge for 45 seconds in the conversation and like the double switch and like it was hawkeye then it was her then it was hawkeye then it was her like <laughs> and, and again not saying i didn't like it isn't isn't probably the right way to say it but seeing this i like this better it just felt cleaner. It felt more impactful. It was it was just quicker. Uh, I don't know. It, it, the maybe the pressure of have her, having her being literally chased by Thanos and knowing that she only had one choice was just I don't know. I, I, this just worked better for me. Obviously, it doesn't work in the film because it doesn't make any sense for the way the story ended up going. 
Um, and for the record, I pulled it up. It's just it's just in the extras. It's called Deleted Scene, Vormir Battle. And there's also Deleted Scene, Vormir Battle with director's commentary, which I haven't seen, which I'm going to watch right after this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's big. I, I got to be honest. I got to watch it again. Um, this this alternate take, if you will. Yeah. I The way that the movie was, the, the final version, I don't think they they could have done it any any more impactful from an emotional standpoint. Um, I had no problem with it. I got to say, it's probably the one scene every time I watch Endgame that I kind of get a little bit dreadful. Um, and in Infinity War, I feel very much the same way when Gamora's up there. Like, it's just not good. Uh, you know, get goosebumps talking about this now. It's, it, that's how you're supposed to feel. Like, this is an awful thing that's about to happen to a beloved character. Um, and to see the selflessness between Black Widow and Hawkeye, that brother-sister relationship, is uh, I thought it was outstanding chemistry between the two. I didn't have issues with how it was shot, kind of going back and forth. But John, like I said, I gotta I, I gotta watch it again, especially with that commentary because I'd love to hear that insight. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm gonna watch that legit right after this. I'm just leaving it on my iPad <clears throat> so I don't forget. <laughs> um, let's see here. So uh, news item number four. This on. Um, this is pretty exciting. So it, I feel like it went a little bit under the radar, but regarding Rosario Dawson. So uh, she had an interview. She was speaking with Variety and uh, they talked about Ahsoka and her role in uh, the Mandalorian season two, which has not been announced. What Rosario Dawson says is that's not yet confirmed, but when that happens, I will be very happy. I'm very excited for that to be a, be confirmed at some point. Uh, she added that the casting would be a quote a million and one percent because of the fans. Now I am going to go to Rashawn first on this one because you're an Ahsoka guy. So there's a l- not really a lot to unpack there, but at the same time there is. That's crazy that she's saying I can't wait until that is confirmed. As right. news broke a few weeks prior to that, that that was happening. So it sounds like a lock at this point, but. Tell me your thoughts on getting a live action Ahsoka played by Rosario Dawson. So this was before you and I had met um, when the, the the crux of this story came came into play. But Rosario Dawson is also one of my favorite actresses. So this makes sense. Uh, this is something <laughs> I am I am super excited for. I, there's there's not a single role I've ever seen her in where I thought she phoned it in or I you know I did not like the character that she portrayed she she's awesome um now in terms of did i ever think of her playing ahsoka prior no not necessarily um but it's one of those casting choices where (laughs) if it does end up being true which i'm under the assumption that it is that i see the pairing and i'm like oh yeah this this fits i she's gonna she's gonna knock it out of the park if if this ends up being true and again i'm i'm operating under the assumption that i'm i'm thinking it's going to be true so this is awesome for me um and being able to see ahsoka come to the big screen finally something i've been waiting for for a while i know something for sure that dave filoni has wanted since the beginning (laughs) he's been wanting this if you've followed you know his career and little interviews and tidbits here and there over the years he's wanted this for a very long time um and and as star wars fans we knew it was gonna we knew it was gonna happen one day i just didn't know when 
And I did lose a little bit of hope at one point because the way the story went in our main trilogy of movies, it's like, well, where does she fit in? And Mando, this is something that, you know, it is a TV series and that they can give a little more, whether it's screen time, development time or whatnot. But this makes sense. I don't I wonder how she's going to be introduced, but it doesn't seem like it's a force like we're just trying to throw a character in there. I think they're going to be able to make it work to where this does make logical sense now again. How many scenes is she? How many episodes is she going to be? You know, Mando's right hand man. You know, we, we don't know. Woman, I guess, uh, <laughs> right hand yeah. woman in that case. Like we we don't we don't know any of that, of course. But strictly speaking, on the casting, for me, this is this is amazing. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I know some people wanted. I'm, uh, her name is eluding me right now. The actual voice actor for Ahsoka to play um, Ashley Eckstein. Yes, people wanted her. Uh, there's a few people that that I did see that I, I'm not opposed to that either, but again, I'm, I'm biased towards Rosario. Uh, For me, it's Rosario. Like I, she has voiced that fandom <laughs> towards that character for a long time. It's always appeared in, you know, these fan art edits on, on social media. And it kind of almost reminds me like a little bit of when Ryan Reynolds was going to play Deadpool. Like there was a character that just seemed like a, a match made in heaven. The, the individual loved that, that fictional character. And it was just too good to almost be true. And I feel like, like you said, you brought up a great point. Dave Filoni, who is involved with the Mandalorian. It makes perfect sense that she might appear. And where we saw the Mandalorian end with season one, um, with that relic that we see at the very end, it would make sense to bring her into this story. Maybe she can, I don't know, maybe she joins the Mando crew. Maybe she teams up. Oh, who knows? She'd be in, uh, in her mid-40s in terms of age. So it lines up perfectly in the, the timeline. Uh, John, what do you think about all of this uh, speculation here? Yeah. So, I mean, I, like, like you guys know, I'm just recently catching up on the clone wars. Um, and I don't know Rosario Dawson from much. I'm, I've known of her. I think the only movie that I've actually seen her in is clerks Two, which she was great in, but you know, she wasn't winning an Oscar for clerks Two, So it's like, she blew me away. Uh, but this is a theory or a, a fan casting that I've always been aware of. I mean, you can't, I, I've, I've gone on Star Wars subreddits and stuff like that. I've seen this pairing, mentioned for years and years and years before i even knew who ahsoka was i've, I've seen those two names together so i, I mean if, if that's real it's just one of those like you said it's one of those match made in heavens and one of those fan castings that comes true awesome and she looks like she fits the part like again don't know much about her acting like i've only seen her maybe one film but the look is there yeah for sure i think uh i feel like this is all but a lock at this point and um who knows? Maybe this would have been officially announced by now if the quarantine situation was not happening. We never know how that affects the the news cycle uh, when it comes to production. But man, what's going to be interesting to see now with Mando season two, with you know, with this ends up being true, is there was obviously not really any besides obviously Baby Yoda, but there was no legitimate force user doing, you know, Jedi or Sith like things in the show. Seeing what they do with that is going to be very interesting to me. Um, just because effect effects wise, I want to see what that looks like on, on the small screen, as they say. So that's going to be very interesting to see what, what that looks like, how, how far they pull it back or how far they're going to let, 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 let that go creatively. That's what I'm really interested to see beyond the Rosario Dawson stuff, just from the fact that Ahsoka is in the show or will be, would be in the show. Seeing how that goes is going to be very interesting. 
when is season two supposed to? Isn't it supposed to be October when it comes out? Comes back. That that doesn't happen, right? There's is there any chance that happens? I don't think so. I they were. I heard you know I don't know if this is true or not. I thought they were done filming. So how could if they're just casting her? How's that true? Like how's that making any sense? Well, it doesn't mean that she wasn't already cast in in this. But what I'm saying is, Gina Carano. All of her stuff was done. It doesn't mean the whole show was done filming. Got it. So, uh, they, so they've wrapped some stuff. The rumor has it or something like that. Okay, got it. Yes. Like she posted a photo maybe a few weeks back of saying like, hey, season two was a blast. Like her stuff was done. Maybe she's only in an episode. I was going to say, maybe, maybe that's a spoiler <laughs> and she dies in the first scene of episode uh, episode one. <laughs> right. So, which I would I would hope they don't do. But that being said, like there's some you know, thought out there that maybe this is, is done from a, a filming standpoint. Hmm. Don't know. I would think not, but I, I don't know. That's yeah. all speculation. Uh, this was supposed to come out in October. We were going to see um, WandaVision and then something else that's escaping me right now, all within a few months. And none of that I would imagine is happening uh, now. Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, prob- probably not. But one of those was if- summer, right? What? Which one was summer? Was that Falcon and Winter Soldier? Falcon and Winter Soldier. Summer. That was August. Uh, I believe. August is yeah, yeah. Yep. Man. But yeah. That, so that, the timeline obviously yeah. has been shuffled a bit. But if that stuff was done, done. I mean, that, I mean, this is Disney Plus. There's no theatrical release. There's really no reason to push that stuff if it if it's just in like post production. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't expect the stuff that was so far along to get pushed. I guess. It's all logistical, right? So, like, if filming is physically done, production for the most part can still move forward. You'd assume so. So right? they she could could all work remotely on that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, some of that could remain on schedule. Um, Disney did announce that the the MCU films were all pushed back, um, yes. obviously. So, with Black Widow going to November and then everything that was following it proportionally pushed back. I, I, they don't have to do it with these series. They can keep things rolling, and it's almost like they didn't miss a beat again if it's done. Um, so super exciting news there for a long time, uh, Clone Wars fans. Uh, last news bit that we wanted to get to: just a bunch of releases that are coming to Disney Plus in the month of May. We're not going to go through all of them because there's a lot going on, but we will post the link in the article on the website at thegeekiverse.com for this podcast show. Um, a few notables up front that were kind of headliners. We've got a few different iterations of Homeward Bound coming. We've got uh, George of the Jungle, which I remember a little bit from uh, watching as a kid. And then uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, which is probably the one Pirates that I would say I never need to see again. But uh, it is on its way to Disney+. Plus. Um, just real quick, I don't know if you guys browsed through the list. Was there anything notable at all to you? Nothing for me. Uh, nothing too crazy. Um, nothing that, at least when it drops, that I'm gonna 100% watch right away. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, except for the the stuff we already talked about. Um, this one's kind of interesting too. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. That one is coming on May 15th. That that did relatively well at the box office, if I remember correctly, uh, with Angelina Jolie the lead role there. So that's uh, that's the news that we've got uh, for this episode. We're going to wrap things up here with just uh, three different scenarios for this or that. So basically what we, we introduced last show is uh, I introduce a scenario, either this or that. You choose which one you like and just we kind of talk about it. Uh, some of it we've already kind of gone through in uh, in some way, shape or form here. 
first up on the list, I think I know where you guys are going with this, uh, but Onward or Coco? Ooh. I'll go. I've got my opinion. Yeah. But John, you go. I think I go Coco. Um, For me, I think Coco did everything I wanted Onward to do, but it also hit me on that emotional level. Coco was beautiful, man. Like the colors and that. I mentioned I love the colors in Onward. Like Coco crushes that man that movie is so good i for, like i sometimes i forget that that was such a big experience for me i loved that movie when i first saw it um man yeah coco all the way yeah rashawn uh so you you pose a question and i think if you have some kind of, but it's actually like not even a close discussion for me it's coco um yeah. <laughs> now, now the thing i guess that i'm thinking of when i think of these movies mm. in the same sentence is Two movies that definitely made me emotional just based on different um, events that took place. But, you know, I don't care to say this on live camera. I've said this enough in person. Coco is, out of all the entertainment medium I've watched, whether or not, Coco is the only piece of entertainment that has ever made me even remotely shed a tear. What? That that movie has my heart. Um, That is definitely top top tier Pixar for me. Uh, that movie ha- holds a special place in my heart for sure. So Coco definitely over onward. Just everything about it is the only movie that's best. made you shed a tear. Dude, I cried during the crawl in episode seven when I saw it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> you would think I would have cried dude, during that. Oh my one, God. No, I am so easy. I am dude. I, I cry for it. I, 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 I cry in sporting events, dude. Derek Jeter's final game as a Yankee. I was absolutely Balling my dude, I, it, I'm so easy. I'm so easy. You heard it here, folks. Disruptoid is easy, dude. So uh, it's 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 actually insane. Like it's, especially for like properties that I'm so invested in, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, like multiple times in those films. When when Cap picks up that 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 hammer, dude. Oh my god, I was done. Couldn't even see the movie. Didn't even know what was going on. I choked up big time when Thor touched down in Wakanda. It was so exhilarating man that's my that's my moment of yeah. infinity war but rashawn i uh it is saying a lot for what it's worth that that's the only one um well see I, for me when it comes to those so i'm definitely more of a of a yeller gaming movies i'm more of the oh my god like i'm i'm that guy i'm not necessarily the 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 sappy one mm. <laughs> well, when, it comes to, when it comes to movies at least other stuff maybe but sure. when it comes to the movies and entertainment i'm, like, I'm g- generally not that guy and i remember when those credits hit at, at at uh coco i was just i remember i was laying in bed i didn't see it in the theaters actually i'm so yeah, mad either. i didn't give that movie the time of day in the theaters but when i was when i eventually did watch it at the request of uh, a couple friends i'm just like what did what did you <laughs> yeah what did y'all do <laughs> what about you what about you desire so we uh we did see it in theaters uh, my wife and i teared up like there was no tomorrow what's funny is we didn't know it at the time but uh lauren was pregnant with daisy so like we kind of looked back on it and it was funny and it was like oh josiah what was your excuse but like legitimately we both like (laughs) it just blubbering so yeah yeah so emotionally beautiful on so many levels and tragic and so heartwarming in the end it just it's the closest thing to perfect i think i've seen in an animated movie so let me say this too um obviously coco over onward even though i think onward even being in the conversation says a lot for me but Coco was a little bit different on uh, it was at next level 
uh, Coco is my favorite Pixar movie. And there's a lot of really, really good options, obviously, uh, throughout the years. But it is my favorite. It is special to me. I'm very happy that it's one of four movies in Daisy's rotation that she just has to have on at all times. Because awesome. I love it. And there's something new I pick up every single time. And like John said, it's absolutely stunning. It's just, man, it's it's almost perfect. I can't even think of anything like that would make me not. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a masterpiece. Coco, uh, we'll throw these on uh, Twitter too, John. Oh, yeah. I know we were talking about making these Twitter polls. So we'll I'll have to do up. that. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, I this one's a little bit odd. But are you more excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series that we'll eventually get on Disney Plus with all the quarantine stuff? Or the Mandalorian season two? Ooh. I'm going to... S- and take a second to think about it because I think I had initial reaction and then I had to sit back for a, a second. Um, I've got an answer, but if someone wants to to go first, go right ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I'll start this one. Definitely tough. I'm gonna take Mando though. Two reasons: one, Ahsoka. Two, uh, <laughs> two. I want. I, I'm. I'm a. In terms of Star Wars, I'm to the point where. And again, I'm gonna watch Obi you know yell and scream i'm gonna do all that but if i have to choose i want the original story uh completely original story um if the obi-wan series got canceled tomorrow would i be upset oh definitely but at the end of the day i know enough about the obi-wan character i've seen his journey literally pretty much from almost start to finish um where mando and ahsoka Mainly Ahsoka, of course. Uh, we don't know necessarily where her story finishes. You can assume, but we don't necessarily know that for sure. Um, at least I don't know that for sure. The, the one thing that I'm not 100% sure on is if her story ever ended in any novel. If it did, I didn't read it. But to my knowledge, it didn't. Um, <laughs> it's always just been left left out there. And with Mando, obviously, again, that's another new character that we're coming to really like and appreciate Baby Yoda. Do I need to say any more? So I would take Mando for for mainly those reasons. Ahsoka, <laughs> uh, Baby Yoda, and uh, just, of course, new new storyline. John? I would cancel Mando right now if I could have Obi-Wan tomorrow. <laughs> oh, see, I was hoping for the the variation in takes here yeah all right i, I mean yeah absolutely dude. that's i want that show so bad ewan mcgregor is like and, and this is this, this is gonna surprise you but i love the prequels i i when we made those those hindsight when we when we recorded those i was being ridiculously critical because of how much you love those movies and it was just so much fun <laughs> to nitpick on those like yeah it, it i i do enjoy like and he is by far my favorite part of those movies. Um, you and McGregor coming back for this role is just like a dream. I, it's, I'm so excited to see this this series. I, and again, as much as I really do enjoy Mando, this is the content that I want. This is what I was. This is what I got my hopes up for when it came to Disney Plus. Is that we'd see more of these like the, these these star studded or these really important tangible storylines that like are. And maybe even not not even missing, just more more of the more of the big stuff, you know. And I, I know we'll probably get there eventually with Mando. Obviously, we've already gotten some of that stuff, whether it's like some small storylines or some casting stuff like that. But yeah, this this is the this is the big show for me. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy! I love all of. I have so much to dissect from what John said there, and that was the reaction I was hoping for. Finally, because um, like John and I like agreed on all of the dissertats from last episode, and finally we got one that was like contrast. Um, <laughs> So, man, I uh, 
obviously, I'm very, very excited for for Kenobi. Did you guys see the video from last year when uh, Ewan McGregor walks out on stage with Kathleen Kennedy? I watched that yeah. like once a week. <laughs> that's, that's that's one of those. <laughs> that that's like one of those like the last of us part two reveal watching the crowd reaction like that. I watch those kind of videos all the time. I love that stuff. And that's one of those that's just in my rotation when I just need to feel excited or happy. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's maybe my favorite star Wars reveal ever from a production standpoint sure. to have him walk on stage. First of all, like, Oh my gosh, come on. And then for him, the way he presented it and he's like, everyone asks me all the time and it's been so hard and I have to kind of like make this face and I have to lie about it. And he's like, ask me, <laughs> Ask me if I'm going to be playing Obi Wan Kenobi. Do people realize he's been getting asked that question for the better part of? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's so awesome. It's a lot. So it, it's our generation, right? Like we grew up with the prequels, for better or worse, and it's it's like a lot of the original generation getting back uh, Mark oh, so Hamill, Carrie yeah. Fisher, right? Like we're getting him back, and that's super yeah. exciting for us. We're seeing him live on in that next iteration of Star Wars. So, despite all of my enthusiasm and passion towards that uh, Kenobi uh, project, I will say Mandalorian season two, if only because we've already seen season one and seen how wonderful the content was. And I would assume, with the same leadership group in place and most of the the cast, that it will at least remain at that that quality level, if not better. I don't know enough about what will happen with Kenobi. I would like to think it's going to be a pretty quality series. Uh, there's some good leadership and good writing behind it, but I don't know that. So if you force me to pick right now, I'd choose Mandalorian season two, even though it would always be in the back of my mind that I'd never got to see you and McGregor play Obi-Wan Kenobi again. So where, by the way, real quick, as we're talking, you know, tangents and stuff, where do you want to see Kenobi take place? Like what, what is your Kenobi series look like for me? It's, it's a little bit low key, like some of the earlier Mandalorian stuff. It's more of his day-to-day life. Maybe it's him trying to figure out stuff on Tatooine and maybe he's got to travel to different planets from time to time, but it's what does Kenobi's life look like now that he is kind of in a way quarantined, right? Like he's got to stay underground. What, what does that look like for you guys? Uh, whoever wants to go first on I'll this. I'll let John go first for this one. Yeah, I'm with you. That's, that's where I think that, that makes the most sense. I mean, like like Rashad already said, we, we got a lot of Obi-Wan. I mean, especially with the Clone Wars. Like, we, we know a lot about that character. We've seen most of his arc. That That's really the only thing we don't know is what, what did he do on Tatooine for all those years. Um, so that that's I think that's the that makes the most sense. I don't really have a want. I, I want them to tell me what I want. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, Obi-Wan. Yes, I know almost everything about him. Tell me more. Do it how you want, you know? Um, ugh. See, this is where I get conflicted with Obi-Wan. So John and I have talked about this in the past. Uh, you haven't heard my, my thoughts on this. It is extremely hard for me to envision where they, where they would want to, where they want to go with the Obi-Wan series. And it's hard for me to envision to question where I would want it to go based on where we are with uh, the Star Wars canon. If you are familiar, that's the one place that we don't know necessarily the most about Obi-Wan is that specific things that we're talking about, the Tatooine stuff, the, uh, the, the Herbit stuff, the quarantine stuff. With that being said, with that pre-existing knowledge, 
Can you tell, I'm sure you can, but will they be able, can you, if it's taking place during that time period, which it would kind of almost have to, I would assume, what story do you tell? Um, if you're familiar with Star Wars canon, you would, your first thing would be like, oh man, you could finally have a confrontation. And it's like, yeah, but if you're following the canon and if you're following whatever Lucasfilm established, that conflict ended in Rebels. Of course, the other side to that argument is, technically, I guess you could retcon that, I guess. But then when you think about the storyboard, when you think about all that stuff that Lucasfilm purposely set place, set in place when Disney uh, got acquired by them, they're like, listen, we're following the strict formula. You know, everything's canon now. We're removing this old stuff. Everything moving forward is in a, not a cinematic universe like Marvel, but in a connected and inter interwoven universe. So it's tough. Do I want to see an Obi-Wan series with Ira McGregor back? Of course I do. I want to see Ira McGregor swing a lightsaber. <laughs> but do I want to necessarily see this man just walking around the desert? No. I would assume there's some kind of creative thing I'm missing. That's why I'm not in. <laughs> that's why I'm, that's why I'm for Lucasfilm. But yeah. just when you think about the story points and when you think about where they could go, it's t I'm, my mind is handicapped on where they could go. I'm sure there is some kind of story that they can't tell. I just don't know what that is without compromising what you've established in your connected universe that you've done, you know, that, that you've worked so hard to create. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I feel like we don't know a ton about it. And just about wherever they go with it, I'll, you know, I'll be there. I'm excited. And, and again, if it, even if this was Aaron McGregor just uh, walking around, again, in the sand, talking to Jawas, I would be there <laughs> on, on release day. Don't, don't get it twisted. It's just, it's just not the way I would prefer to see things. Now, if he's doing all of this low-key stuff, but somehow they are able to weave in a really cool villain. If it is Maul, somehow it's somebody else. Listen, like, great. But just based on almost kind of the restrictions Lucasfilm put on themselves, I don't even want, I don't even want to call it restrictions. But it, in this case, it kind of is a restriction because you, based on what I'm seeing and what I know, you can't do too much. Yeah, There's it's so much you can do. It's because we know the well, we don't know the beginning, but we know most of his story and we know the end of his story. So you can't you can't tell more of what Obi-Wan did after the fact because we know you know we know where it ends. And you can't really mess too much with that because it is what it is and that's you know that's the core of Star Wars. That's the that's the first movie. You're not you're not messing around with anything too close to that, I wouldn't say. Um I don't know. They can get weird with it. They can do flashback stuff. They could. They could have him living as a hermit on Tatooine and, ha and and have like a specific situation he's in, and have him flash back to to like specific missions he was on in the Clone Wars. And I mean, there's stuff that we didn't see even in the Clone Wars, like before that, like some of that stuff with who's the uh, the Mandal the Duchess Satine. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like you know, like like random one-off stories like that that it might flash back to. Like, yeah, they can do a lot with it. I think. Yeah. True. And that's a, and that's another thing I want to. And again, there's obviously things we don't know, just speculation, but is this going to be kind of like a flashback type of series? Is this going to be a series where it starts in year one and we finish in year, you know, 15? I'm just making up, making up numbers sure. to where it's a literal chronological story there. You know, that's where I'm, I'm under the assumption of it's starting at the end of episode three and it's going to go until, you know, 
within a reasonable distance of until right before episode four. That that's my assumption. It could be anything else. Yeah, something different. Something tells me they don't want to get too close to those movies. I don't know what it is, but I just don't think they want to like actually bookend any of those movies like they did with Rogue One. Something tells me they want to kind of just get in and, and tell these isolated stories that are just a. Uh, that obviously have their tangents, but have enough space from the way any of those stories started or finished. So I don't know if we'll get like right after episode three, where he's just getting shipped off there and Luke's a baby and stuff like that. Like I don't think we see any any semblance of Luke in this series, like physically. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Think yeah, so. it, it's, yeah. We have no idea. One if I had a guess, oh, yeah, oh go, go ahead, Rashad. Well, one last thing I will say regarding this that I just thought of, um, only because I just thought of Rebels and Jedi Fallen Order at the same time. If you can somehow give me an Obi-Wan series where he's cutting down Inquisitors, okay, Ooh. now you got me. You got I just thought of that mm. just now. So maybe I should work for Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> if you give if you give me that, wait, we're on to something. Because wow. the, the brilliant thing that they did with Inquisitors is that they are these um these lightsaber wielders, these force users trained by Vader, but at the end of the day, they do they really truly hold a a canon uh, relevance like 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 a Darth does not necessarily. They just make up ninth sister, fifth brother. You, yeah. just, you, you just make they literally make them up as, as they go. Obviously, we know some like the Grand Inquisitor. Um, if you play Jedi Fallen Order, um, Trilla, you you get to see the the importance of some of the Inquisitors. But there are definitely some Inquisitors where. A, they could just make it up for the series and give us a new Inquisitor that we love, or just chuck Inquisitors at him. And, we, and again, we get to see Obi-Wan with a lightsaber again in 2020 or 2021, 2020, you know, what, whatever. That That's the one thing that I just thought of that it's like, it makes sense. You know, maybe him and Vader have some kind of interaction, whether it be physically or, you know, using the Force. Obviously, with that, that's another thing you got to kind of be careful of based on episode four. But oh, give me Qui Gon Ghost back. That'd be dope. Yep. That that could work. That could work. Go give ahead. Force Ghost Qui Gon. you guys, you guys brought up so many awesome scenarios I never considered because I always just assumed, hey, he's going to Tatooine, he's going to be, you know, mulling over what happened. Yeah. But I mean, my God, you know, the Qui Gon stuff, uh, Inquisitor stuff, you know, they're super convenient to write into any of these series. Yeah, sign me up for all of it. I'd love to see it all. Heck yeah. Last, uh, last this or that. So I, uh, I've got a feeling uh, I know where one of you stands on this. But um, with everything we're seeing with how releases are being impacted for movies, would you rather, moving forward, quarantine or no quarantine, see all movies come to a home release, whether it's Disney Plus or downloadable via different services, or theatrical releases? So, I have a question. I need to clarify. If if I answer, I want them all to come to home releases as an option. Is there still an option to go to the theater, or did you just kill all movie theaters? No, there's an option to go to a theater. Yeah, hundred percent. Give me digital day one. Sign me up. Hundred percent. There's yeah, absolutely. I, I would love the option for day one digital. I, I want. I want. To be able to choose, let me choose because there's so many movies that I go to the the theater for just because like friends are going or I do want to see it somewhat early, but I really don't feel like having the theater experience. I would really kind of prefer to see it on my OLED. Throwback to earlier in the conversation, Rashawn said he wishes he saw Coco on the big screen. I don't. 
I saw those colors and on an OLED display. It looks so much better than a projector. Like my home theater setup is great. Like it's it, so there, there are certain <laughs> scenarios where I would prefer to be at home and ha- and just be able to watch it whenever I want. Um, yeah, I think that wins just because you have the option. Just because you know you're not killing theaters, you're just, you're not forced to go to the theater. But if you really want that experience, you can. So I'm gonna go with yes. I would love the option to be able to watch them day one digital. Spoiler alert, John is the one that I knew where he was going with all of that. So I'm, yeah, I'm very um, open about that. I was thinking it was me actually. Okay. <laughs> I've talked no, about that uh, on Twitter before. Yeah, I really I that that's a future yeah. even before the the, the, the whole COVID nineteen yeah. situation, that's something that I've been pushing for. Give me the option for day one digital. Why not? I mean, I know why he not. He has but. championed that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gimme. Uh Rashawn, what what would you want? Would you want the choice to see that at home hmm. on a day one? Well, if the question is, you know, freedom of choice, I'm always going to go, I'm always going to go that route. Um, so I would go the route of being able to have the choice. Uh, what would you do though, given oh, the choice? Given, let's oh, say, um, for a specific movie or just going for, you know, mo- the majority of the time. Yeah. I'd, I'd say majority of the time. I would probably say I would probably end up doing at home. I love going to the movie theater. Um, that experience, I think, if we end up getting robbed of that permanently because of this, that'll be something that rivals like something like a like a movie rentals at Blockbuster type of thing that we all miss. Uh, I think that that will, if not, it'll be probably worse. Way than bigger that. than that. Will, yeah. It'll, it'll, yeah, it'll it'll be missed. That's that's something culturally that'll that that'll be a whole. And I think probably by me choosing this option you know quicker you know in the short term we'll probably kill the movie theaters actually no doubt a lot of people would end up choosing that route but with all that being said being able to do stuff from the comfort of your own home and it's it's just where it's just where things are going um like john talked about if we're if we're talking about our our equipment and whatnot again if you got an oled if you got a 4k if you got a uh obviously if you um surround sound system whatever the case may be being able to do that just from you pressing a button at home it's tough to pass up for a lot of people and and for yeah do i want to see x movie but do you feel like really driving to the theater you know do you you gotta you gotta coordinate with people to go this is just hey you plop it on you spend your 20 bucks yeah and that's it it's tough to argue with 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 the with the easy option i think what makes it tough to to, because you really do have to filter into that conversation that if you are picking yes i want day one digital you are killing movie theaters you you have just put the nail in the coffin so that's kind of something that you really have to weigh when you answer this question okay we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring this into the into the fold here day one digital is now an option movie theaters are not going to last very long if that's the situation um i still answer the same um, I, I see a world where that happens eventually anyways, so I, I kind of just want to mm-hmm. speed it up. Um, I don't think movie theaters will be gone forever. I think there'll be a, a, a boutique-type situation where they'll be more expensive and they'll offer a lot more stuff. Like You'll see more theaters offer alcohol and, and like dinners and better food and stuff like that, better accommodations, and it'll be more of a, more of a, a, a bigger night out and you, you'll have a, a more of a reason to go to the theater. There'll be a lot less of them. Um, it'll be a different situation. How does that affect Hollywood, box office, stuff like that? You're asking the wrong guy. I, don't, I have no idea what, how that would affect it, but I still answer. Yeah, I want I want day one digital. So I guess if, you know, that is an important caveat. If this kills the theater, I, I would say, nope, let's hold off on day one digital because 
for whatever reason, I've I've really come to enjoy the theater experience. Um, I think especially since the Geekiverse has been a thing, I've really enjoyed going with other Geekiverse people. My family is always super into whatever movie is coming out now. Um, granted, it's expensive to go to the movies. It's not cheap. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. It's kind of an event. Like, we, we love going. So for me, I, I would say, you know, I love that theater experience. On the flip side of that, I'm with John where I think my theater setup is better in terms of quality. Like, you know, going to a projector, there's, there's a clear step down from what you know I'm able to do at home. And that's kind of amazing. I, like you're spending all this money to go and that's just, that's just how it is. Um, the other thing too, I guess is maybe in the middle, there's movies like onward where I may have paid to see it at home day one, if it wasn't going to be on Disney plus, but then I think about a movie like uh, maybe a black widow or star Wars. And that's something I've got to see in a theater. Yeah, There's yes. something about that. That's super exciting to me. And I think that'll always exist, which is why I'm not hesitant to answer the way I did. I think you'll always have some theaters and I think you'll always have your Marvel movie or your big blockbuster. And that will always be an event. Cause I'm with you. I love going to the theater too. I love the experience. I'm a big fan of that. I just don't do it enough. And, and it has to do with the fact that like, coordination like i love going to the movies alone but even that requires coordination because i gotta tell my fiance that i'm not coming home for dinner like you gotta cook you figure it out like th- there's always some kind of like all right i gotta be away from something for two and a half hours so that it just doesn't happen enough and as much as i love that experience i'd be able to sacrifice the casual movie going outings for easier access to new movies in home but I- i'm still confident that i just get that experience for the blockbusters like you know yeah no, that's uh, that's a good point too. It takes time, even though you're watching a two-hour movie, whether you're watching it at the theater or at home. You're right. You gotta line up dinner. Uh, maybe it's plans for your family. For us, it's I've got a one and a half year old at home. Either my wife is gonna be with her, or if she's going to the movies now, we gotta see if the you know the in laws can watch her. So there's always a lot of logistics there. But I th- I thought it was an interesting discussion with all that's been going on with the the COVID stuff, where we've been seeing you know Frozen two, for example went um, to Disney plus a lot faster than it would have normally. This is a more realistic question than you would otherwise think from first hearing based on what, what we're going through. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's, uh, it's a discussion that is not being had enough. Um, I know John's talked about it and championed it for a while, but it's something I'd love to see a little bit more. Um, so I don't know if I'm disconnected again, John. I think no. we're going through that same Discord stuff. I, I see you. I saw a text message from you like <laughs> four minutes ago. And then now is about the time I drop off a of Discord. So I'm like, oh, is it going to happen? No, you're you're good. You're, maybe maybe wrap it All up, right. just get it in there. But no, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. What whatever time frame we're around, we're gonna make it this time. We're gonna make it. I'm gonna avoid the snap or the clap. I guess it is. <laughs> uh, so we'll wrap up this episode of Pluscast. Uh, lots of great discussion today. We'll get those uh, dissert app polls up on Twitter to see the community reaction. But uh, John, we'll start with you. Where can we find you on social media and what is going on at the Geekiverse for you? We are at Disruptoid on all socials. Uh, Geekiverse has been fun lately. We're recording a lot more from home now. We got the setup figured out. We're kind of plug and play. So we can do some more, uh, some more stuff quickly. Uh, we'll be doing... 
uh, Geek Scott game possibly a little bit more often now. I know we've uh, kicked around the idea and have probably solidified the the, the idea that we're going to be doing bi-weekly instead of once a month now for Geek Scott game. So you can expect new episodes of that uh, once every two weeks rather than once a month. Makes a little bit more sense because every time we seem to do those, it's, it was always you know a little bit difficult to get coordinated and get everybody together. And by the time you do, there's just so much news to go through and it feels like some of that stuff at the top of the list is maybe a little bit old news. So uh bi-weekly for geek scott game starting soon that's going to be fun um rashad on plus cast is going to be a lot of fun because this i mean sure it's a disney plus show but this is just like a disney show now and i'm kind of all about it <laughs> this is great <laughs> when, you, when you add me yeah it's just I mean, it's <laughs> great discussion um yeah, so that's what i'm up to awesome uh yeah couldn't agree more with uh adding rashawn to the show here rashawn uh, where can people find you on social media uh, you can find me at on Twitter, uh, Young King Double Underscore Zero. Find me talking about all of the stuff that we talk about on this show, just in uh, text format. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I am at Josiah D. Leroy. As John mentioned, lots going on at the Geekiverse right now. We're almost into the month of May, so next week you can expect a little bit of a preview video from us. Um, we've got some really exciting announcements. Our sixth anniversary is coming up in the middle of May. We've got a bunch of new shows that we are adding to the Geekiverse podcast and YouTube lineup. It was already uh, going nice and strong here for the last few months with what we, we've been doing for content, but we're essentially going to uh, almost double what we're going to be doing. So stay tuned for that. There's no better time to get involved with the Geekiverse community. You can go to facebook.com slash the Geekiverse to get in the conversation. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and as always, we are ready to converse with you. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Pluscast on YouTube and wherever you download podcasts. For Rashawn and John, I'm Josiah. We'll see you next month. <laughs>